I have an announcement. No, do, do, um, it's the we're in a pandemic. You're gonna you're gonna okay. let us all. We know are that. all in a pandemic, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Just breaking. In case you had it right, <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> Not um, so breaking news. Okay, so I'm gonna. I like this game. I'm gonna guess what your announcement is. You are letting your hair grow. Uh, well, that's also true because I don't <laughs> trust myself to cut my own hair. I also am being tasked with cutting my wife's bangs this weekend. So oh. get ready for her to have, you, you, know, you know, those. You are getting a divorce. I'm getting <laughs> a Zoom divorce. Right. These are you all great guesses. <laughs> I got divorced. Um, I feel like when I cut Katie's bangs this weekend, you remember those, remember baby bangs? Yeah, of course. The, that trend? She's uh-huh. going to have baby bangs. Oh, uh, no, no. God, no. My, I know they were. That was an awful time. My announcement is that I, ladies and gentlemen, right here on Drop the Subject, Allie Johnson is wearing pants uh, with a button and a zipper for the first time in one month. Oh, and can you breathe? Do they fit? You know, <laughs> there is a beautiful constriction happening right now that is... Beautiful so- constriction. I feel like that's... Is that an old Alanis B-side song? <laughs> it's beautiful constriction. <laughs> I, I do feel good. I will say there is... Usually it's very freeing to wear yoga pants or just wear pajamas every day. And I don't normally like wearing pants anyway. And but I am a, a blue jean wearer, you know, uh-huh. when I am wearing pants. So that's why I don't like to wear them because most of my pants are blue jeans. I don't have super comfy, kind of stretchy pants that are like normal pants. So I was like, I'm doing it. I'm wearing my stretchiest jeans that I have. And I, they're actually fitting a little looser than they did a month oh, ago. Oh, get out. Really? You're so, going the opposite direction of everybody else in quarantine. I'm feeling pretty good about that, but I can't just randomly go into yoga stretching at any point during the day, <laughs> which is kind of what I liked about wearing pajamas or yoga pants was that I can be like, I want to stretch now. Me. <laughs> uh, I'm doing it. I'm stretching. Right. Or um, I want to take a nap, but like you just kind of plop down. <laughs> and now that I'm wearing jeans, it does constrict me from doing those kind of things. But I do feel a little more put together. I also have an ulterior motive because we are updating everyone on our quarantine scavenger hunt today mm. and I wanted an extra eight points before I reveal my my score. This is this is a daily for me, Allie. Sorry that I probably, <laughs> even though someone came in and out of my house 47,000 times on mm-hmm. t- Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Oh, we need to do that, by the way. Today... First of all, I need to acknowledge that some of you guys called us out on social media yesterday at DTS Show on Twitter and Instagram. Some of you called me called me out because I incorrectly <laughs> said, said what said day it day. was. <laughs> so just like Twitter, every day on Twitter trends like today is Thursday, April sixteenth. Yeah. Yesterday I said, "Oh, Twitter trends," and today is Wednesday, April sixteenth. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody responded and direct messaged us on Instagram and said it's the 15th. It's also one of the easier days to remember because it's usually tax day. Because it's tax day. So most people yesterday were going, ah! oh. Wait, <laughs> M- multiple oh. times a day. Uh, oh, um, I know I did it quarantine brain, you guys. <laughs> you, <laughs> we were talking before we got back on the air or before we cracked the mics today about how you and your man are not quite sure what you're going to do this weekend. We were relating to each other in the sense that there's this 
I wouldn't say pressure, but there's all of these things online, lists upon lists upon lists of what you can do with your weekend and all of these virtual things that are happening. And you can do a trivia night and you can do a virtual concert or you can do another Zoom party or you can get into gardening. And there's this desire to fill up your planner with some things so that you don't feel like you're doing absolutely nothing. But then there's also this underlying anger that comes with I don't want to do any of that crap I want to go out and get drunk at a bar (laughs) or just do something outside of my house please I believe the phrase I used was cranky pants it's getting it's getting a little cranky pants in our house just because we both are like we want to go out and do something that not even that, that we're not even a space where like feeling rebellious. Like I'm definitely like a rebellious sort of having an issue with authority figures my entire life. Like if you tell me to do something, I'm going to do the opposite. Like I'm that guy, but that it's not even about that. It's not even that someone's just in, I just, we can't do anything. And none <laughs> of that sucks. Stuff sounds interesting. We have projects around the house we could do. No, don't want to do the projects. Like mm-hmm. we have all these different, you can go for a walk in your neighborhood. We do that every night. Yes. And then you do it every night and you try different streets and you look at different houses and then you go, "Mm, should we turn around? No, it doesn't matter. Let's just keep walking. And walking it it, like it becomes a novelty and then it fades and then it becomes another novelty when you go to another street. Ooh, like earlier we went to another residential area 10 minutes away and it was like, wow, like it was a whole new thing. (laughs) Oh, my God, this is amazing. New houses and new potholes to look at. And and then now that's lost its luster. It totally. And I get, listen, I get this on an ideologic level. I get it on a conscious level. There's so many things to do. We have to start changing our expectations. This is a new world that we're living in. It's probably going to be this way for a while. Like we all just need to suck it up and get used to it. But I sort of feel like we, I have been one of the people who has not really super gotten angry about this yet. And I think it's just because I've been really busy. Like I've been guest hosting here. I've been going to the hospital to work. I've been doing other like health expert things. I'm finishing my dissertation. Like I'm doing all of these things, but it's fine. It's getting to the point now where I was like, I don't want to sit on the couch and watch anything on Netflix. Like screw that. And I want to watch everything, but I don't want to watch anything. I don't know. Shut up. Quit asking me. Like I'm like, exactly. (laughs) You look at the Netflix options and you're like, I could watch that or I could not. And then you can't make a decision. You're just like, should I waste my time with this show or this movie? Um, F it. I'm just going to watch another Sandra Bullock jam. Uh, Those are the (laughs) kind of thoughts that are going through our heads. Uh, But we will, we will bring you a wonderful show today. We have all kinds of wonderful things lined up. Gay, gay, cray, cray. Of course, we're going to be chatting with somebody about how COVID-19 has been, uh, how it's affecting the prison system, because that's a fascinating conversation in and of itself. We'll update you on the stimulus checks because stimulus checks are rolling in. How are you going to spend yours? What are people spending things on? Some people have gotten theirs deposited to the wrong bank account. There's all kinds of problems. So we'll get to that when we get back. Drop the subject returns. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject here with Allie Johnson and James Simmons feeling a little feisty today again. And Allie wearing pants, ladies and gentlemen. Just wanted to reiterate. You're still wearing not, pants. You're still not. I haven't taken them off yet. That's not going to be enough points to keep up, Allie. Because I've been getting dressed and wearing pants and working out every day. That is like just bottom line 19 points a day. Yeah, but- you know, it kind of pisses me off, James. Because we get on a <laughs> FaceTime call every morning 
for this show and I most of the time still have a blanket around me. I my hair's messed up. I barely have deodorant on and you're already in a I mean you're in several layers and you look all fresh and so fresh. I mean and you so look clean, like you yeah, you look like you've already worked out and you've showered after the workout. You've had like a day already. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean this is And it makes me feel crappy. <laughs> this is not this is specifically designed for you to feel shame. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I just, uh, you know, I'm a little competitive. I don't want to lose the quarantine uh, challenge, quarantine scavenger hunt challenge. Uh, I'm also a little feisty. I also am drug out of bed quite early. My my partner is a very early morning person and will Ugh. often crash early in the evening. So if I want any mm. like QT time, the quality time, it's got to happen in the morning. So I'm usually up anyway. So then I'm like, I'm mm. going to score me an extra eight points and put on pants that button. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look at that. Well, good for you. You know, we've been trying to do meditations in the evenings where where cuz Katie like I've said, my wife has all of these meditation challenges and all of these like hip, there's a new hypnotherapy one that she wants us to do. So that's been putting me to sleep early. <laughs> cuz she'll be like, "Let's do the next one." And I'm like, "Okay, how okay. long is it?" And she's like, "30 minutes." And I'm like, "Oh my god." And then he's like, "If you ever think about living in the moment." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe this is what exactly we need to like solve our weekend plan. So uh, yeah, you, True. you tell Katie to forward some of those meditations to, uh, to me and we can figure out what the heck we're going to do with our lives and what the heck we're going to do with our stimulis. I know. I've been trying to convince her not to spend the entire stimulus check on crystals. Uh, according to a new <laughs> data report. <laughs> I know you're lesbian when. Yes, exactly. Uh, CNBC and Gallup have done some polls already to release how people are spending their stimulus checks because many have gotten theirs uh, over the past couple of weeks. A lot of people got theirs yesterday. And 35% of people plan to use their stimulus money primarily to pay bills. Another 16% said they will purchase essentials like food or gas. And 29% have planned to save or invest their money, which is, I think that as, as soon as you get money that you didn't plan to get, there are automatically two little cartoon devil and angel people that appear on each shoulder. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. That go, then the devil part goes like, mm, spend it on that lion's mane that you can put on your dog on Amazon. It has no value. <laughs> <laughs> because for Halloween, no one will see it except for on video chat. <laughs> exactly. You need a unicorn onesie. And you're like, no, I don't. Yes, don't I do. shut up, devil. Yes, I do. And then the angel is like, you're doing a lot better than a lot of people. Maybe you could give back to society. Maybe you could donate it. Maybe you can just invest it because over the course of 10 years, it'll. <laughs> right. Well, compound that yeah. interest and blah, blah, Exa blah. Yeah. Exactly. And then you end up just you end up just not making a decision, piddling it away on groceries. <laughs> right. It just like sits there for a few weeks and then it's gone. And you're like, exactly. wait, wait, so which is why I think there is a there is an argument for the people in our lives who sort of live on the extremes, because a lot of times I think those individuals end up being happier. And there, but there is a whole thing about right, like, like, all right, yeah, you're the unicorn onesie person. You have no savings whatsoever. Like right. you are not the unicorn onesie person is living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. I mean, they were sure. living rough paycheck to paycheck before all this. They're still going to be like 93 and a half years old, like working as a greeter at Walmart. But they might be really super happy because they're the unicorn onesie person. And then there's the other side where like people are making $350,000 a year, but they live 
in a one-bedroom apartment. They live on $43,000 a year. They've saved every penny. And then they're like, okay, well, I feel financially secure, so that's the thing that makes me happy. And then there's the rest of us in the middle that are like, well, I'm just going to keep the money in the bank account for now until I figure out what to do with it. And yeah, then, and then we do nothing with it, and then we just buy more Boochcraft, which is what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> or you're like, I'm going to play my tennis game on my phone for, for $4.99 for, you know, extra lives or coins or whatever. I'm like, okay, I could spend $4.99 because I have my stimulized check in there. And the next thing I know, I've stimulized yes. my check into an app. Yeah, well, if you're thinking of spending it on actual things that you don't necessarily need, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you pointed that out yesterday, James, and I think it's a good point. This is meant to stimulate the economy. So if you want to spend it on random crap like a unicorn onesie, you don't necessarily need to feel bad about that. I mean, if it's not the best financial decision for you to make, that's one thing. But it's meant for you to save it if you need to or invest it in the stock market, which will help the economy or help that unicorn onesie company. But what what some of these companies are doing and there are people that are getting pissed off about this. They are texting you about <laughs> how you can save money right now and basically doing like a stimuli, like a, a stimulus check sale. Uh, mm, and people are not happy about this, by the way. No, I like mean, Fashion Nova was one uh-huh. that they texted everybody and said, when that stimulus deposit hits, save up to 80% site wide. Use the code <laughs> stay in 80. Stop it. Shop ASAP. And people are like, um, no, F you. Like, I maybe I would have spent money on this site, but I'm not going to do so now when you text me to spend my stimulus check on running shorts. <laughs> right. But here, here's the thing. You might not have thought of fashion over right away. And you might be a unicorn. Like, listen, it's all about, like, finding that market that's going to work for you. So if you're a unicorn pony biker short person... And maybe mm-hmm. you're only 7% of the people who got that tax, but hey, 70, 7% of that stimulized check going, you know, that's better than zero. Like, It's true. I, I mean, a little bit of props to Fashion Nova and some of the other companies, I think, for doing this, because that's kind of the point of keeping the economy going, but also like stay out my bank account. Yeah, exactly. Well, some people said that they have not gotten theirs yet because they were sent to the wrong bank account. Some people said, quote, none of the numbers were even close. So if you are wanting to find out when your stimulus check is coming, apparently they have uh, IRS. The IRS has launched an app, believe it or not, uh, called Get My Payment. It's already having problems, of course, which is not shocking to anyone because the IRS is not specialized in app development, but it's there for you. And so if you need any help uh, figuring out when you're going to get your money, you can utilize that tool. When we come back, there are some new predictions as to the future of the elections. Did somebody say President Cuomo? Maybe not this year, but next time. We'll talk about that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Alright, we are chugging right along here. This is Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. I'm James Simmons, guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson and some guy we hired off the street to be our producer. Later on in the show, we're going to update about our quarantine scavenger hunt uh, scorecards where I am kicking ass. We also of course have a Latest and greatest on Mr. Trump and News It or Lose It, our social media updates, and Gay Gay Cray Cray, because it is Thursday. However, right now... (laughs) Dude, Uh here's the thing. Everyone is freaking their s about Andrew Cuomo, right? And we thought maybe a couple weeks ago that this was just a thing. Like, oh, Andrew Cuomo's cute, and he he talks funny... 
talks funny. This is not coffee talk. He talks <laughs> funny. Everyone's like, that's my governor. He's doing such a better job than Trump. Like, it's just amazing. Yeah, you but can now, like see his muscles through his shirt. You can see his, his yeah, nipple piercings. Are those nipple rings or are they just like funky looking nipples? Who knows? Who cares? Because he'd be like, so business. the nipple wings. So what? So what? Right. And we, we kind of like like that gravitas in a, in a leader, right? Mm-hmm. And especially when that gravitas comes with someone actually saying and doing the things we want them to do rather than talking about their ratings or whatever. Anyway, uh, now this this is happening so much. People are so into Andrew Cuomo that the uh, Vegas actually has an, a line on the odds of Andrew Cuomo possibly becoming the next president? James, I think we should drop the president. Yes, that's right. Andrew Cuomo. He is currently the Democrat that is most likely to become president behind Joe Biden, according to Vegas betting odds, with about a 3% chance of winning the White House in November. Of course, yes, 3% is a slim is a slim margin, but hey, if you're a betting person, and you really want to make a lot of money, even if you bet five bucks on this, the return you're going to get is going to be insane. So oh, it's kind of a no-brainer. Huge. I totally think so. You take that $1,200 stimulized check, and you drop that right now on Andrew Cuomo being being the next president. I mean, maybe, you know, what it, what is going to be the return on that? I don't, I don't know what the actual, like, Yeah, I don't know what are. the actual are, yeah, odds are, but apparently... Politics is the liveliest part of the news betting market and deserves a couple of big disclaimers. For one, political betting is illegal. We know this. But um, the market and the market is almost entirely overseas betting. Um, But it says that the and and yes, the odds are purely speculative. That's the other thing. But if you like betting on literally anything, I mean, you can bet on you were able to bet on all the primaries. You were you were able to bet on. Uh, the likelihood for every single primary and the general election. And um, it's kind of a, a fun way, at least, to interact with a political climate that is very, very divisive and very uh, high stakes and has been kind of an S show in recent months. It totally has been. I found the odds, by the way. Okay, you so did. here it is. Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> on one of the major online sports gambling sites, Cuomo is 33 to 1, meaning that's a $100 bet <laughs> on Andrew Cuomo becoming the next president. If he should become president, would that $100 return into $3,300? Yeah. So if you just want to bet a tenner. <laughs> hey, you can turn that into, what would that be, $330? Yeah. No, yeah, $330. Hey, I think i think You I'm can for do that. math. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of worth it. I mean, body, it, see. It, <laughs> sorry, no jingles. No, no jingles. We want that. Yeah, that's an inside joke. Uh, but we will share it with you at some point. Um, <clears throat> okay, well, drop the, uh, drop the subject. We'll return in a moment. But we will let you know that uh, because Joe Biden is the official Democratic candidate for now, Andrew Cuomo is a write in as of now. But uh, but Joe Biden is the I mean, he's the only one left standing officially. So it's, of course, pertinent that we give you another story time with Joe Biden. Drop the subject presents story time with Joe Biden. My car, there was a gate out here. I parked my car outside the gate. 
And I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys as straight racers. There was a guy named Bill Wright, Mouse, the only white guy, and he did all the pools. He was the mechanic. And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement where mechanics, where, where, where all the pool f- f- filter is. This has been Storytime with Joe Biden. What the f*** is he talking about? Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q with Allie Johnson and James Simmons. We will reveal where we're at with our quarantine scavenger hunt at the top of the next hour. But first, we wanted to share some information with you that has been making the rounds. This is... uh, a national story. It's a really important story to cover because it highlights a lot of issues that are going on, especially on the East Coast right now. They are being inundated with tons of COVID-19 cases. And um, after an anonymous tip in New Jersey, there was a, a pretty horrifying discovery, honestly, that happened at a nursing home that was hit by the virus. They found, so they got an anonymous tip that there was a body being stored in a shed outside one of the state's largest nursing homes. And then the police arrived. They found that body, but then they discovered 17 bodies were actually there Mm. piled inside the nursing home in a tiny little morgue that was supposed to just be for four people. And, you know, they commented on this and the police chief said, they were just overwhelmed by the amount of people who were expiring and the rate at which they were expiring. I think you hear something like that and you're like, oh my God, that's horrifying. Who would do something like that? But then there's also like in a pandemic situation when people are dying quickly and you don't have a place to put them. I mean, I've I've seen other stories of people in Italy saying, my, my, I'm in my house, I'm quarantined and my sister just died of COVID and I don't know what to do. Like no, they won't come pick up like it's they, they it's sort of been chaos yeah. yeah yeah it it has been chaos and just to sort of give this this perspective, you know, the, the nursing homes and the prison system, which we're going to talk about later on in the show, really seem to be these these hotbed incubators for this disease spreading. And this this particular facility, the Andover Subacute and Rehabilita- Rehabilitation Center, they're actually in New Jersey have been a toll of 68 deaths have been linked to that one facility, including two nurses. 26 of those who have died tested positive for COVID-19, while the cause of death is unknown for the others. However, there are 76 of the remaining patients in that facility have tested positive, as have 41 staff members, including an administrator. So oh this this is a huge facility. It's the 700-bed the facility. is actually the largest licensed nursing facility in the state of New Jersey. Yeah, that seems um, like a lot, 700. So it's a lot. That's huge. It's lar- larger than most even large hospitals. Um, so they're, they're probably just, you know, if we put sort of all of this in perspective, they may actually be doing a better job at containing on a per capita basis than other nursing facilities have. But I think this speaks more to about the the difficulty in resources, the lack of direction from government officials, the yeah. inability for us to be able to respond at how quickly this disease progresses and can attack and and kill people, frankly, in these areas where it's so concentrated. Yeah, no, definitely. And this is what happened in Washington. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, this is exactly what happened. There's there are actually two facilities in Washington. I um state i believe one was uh well there was one a facility in richmond 
Washington and Richmond, Virginia. I remember them both having the same names that had like 40 individuals, I think, um, you know, die in one facility. So this is really tragic and unfortunate for, you know, everyone that died, their families, the staff, everyone mm. involved. And, our, and our, our hearts really do go out to them. Yeah, I know. Hopefully we won't be reporting on more stories like this. Um All right. When we get back, we're going to lighten things up a little bit. The deets on our quarantine scavenger hunt are up after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject continues with Allie and James Simmons, nurse practitioner. I am fully dressed today. Oh, hold on. I'm smiling. Yeah, because you're never fully dressed without it, according to Annie. Oh, is that, I love oh, that you right. even laugh at my most awful jokes. <laughs> your really bad jokes. But see, do you know if I'm laughing because I think it's funny or am I laughing at you? Well, you have a really <laughs> a great if, if that is a fake laugh, it's a, it's a convincing one. OK, very good. Maybe I've been fake laughing at you this entire time. Allie Johnson. <laughs> I'll take it. That's why we get along so well, because I don't really care if it's fake or not. <laughs> you're like, as long as you're laughing, I feel good. Yeah, because I've gotten into kooky ant territory where I'm just going to say jokes and then I'm going to keep repeating them until someone laughs and then I'll move on to the next corny joke. And more and more of them will be about cats. Is that um, and and more will be about cats. Is that are we all going to come out of this a different person? Like, are we all going to come out of quarantine? Like what our real baseline is? Like I had to shave my beard and now I'm, I'm in this like weird dad joke territory. Speaking of like crazy aunt with this weird, this weird porn stash, but I'm, I'm so embracing it that I'm like, maybe I've been like weird dad joke guy the whole time. True. Like are our quarantine selves our real selves? <laughs> quarantine thoughts. I know, quarantine <laughs> thoughts. I don't know if I'm just supposed to be like this. Anyway, <laughs> ah. what's nice is that we are able to have a little fun with not being able to leave the house with a quarantine scavenger hunt. That's right. Every time you wake up and you work out, you get you give yourself a point. If you get fully dressed, you get eight points. If you leave the house and you see somebody driving with a mask on, that's that'll get you, I believe, three points. And if you see a group of six or more, that's six points and and another additional point for each additional person. This is when we update each other on how our our uh, tallies are going. I believe this is week two officially. Yeah. And I had a much better week than last week. I know, James, you had a fantastic week and you are getting dressed every day and you're supporting a local business pretty much every day. So that gets you 18 points on a pretty much daily basis. Me, on the other hand, I'm really into sweats and cooking. So unfortunately <laughs> for me, that means I'm not wah, getting a wah. lot of points. But I will say, and I have a couple of questions. This past week, I did five different Zoom hangouts that were not work-related. So I got two points for each of those. That's a nice. tenner. Nice. I saw that group of seven when I went to uh-huh. pick up my pokey. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> my pokey. and that was my, my pokey. That was also 10 points for supporting a local business. Pokey, now, hold pokey. on. Wait a minute. Was it a franchised pokey place, pokey place, or was it like mom and pop's pokey? You know, I don't. I don't know because it's just mm. called Pokey Pokey, James. I'm I'm literally and, going and to and there's Google a million Pokey places right now called Pokey Pokey. No, because listen, we 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 were saying Jesse wanted to, what did he want to support like the local franchise of a of a, a Taco Bell Taco Bell yeah 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 and is it you know it's lo- owned by the local Taco Bell guy so like is that and you were like no this is not <laughs> a, a local business okay. so okay well. 
uh, I, I would say, can you just have pity on me and give me 10 points for that one? Because I don't <sighs> order food that often. And I, I, I had a, a personal relationship with the guy. I talked to him on the phone beforehand. We spent a lot of time together. It seemed like a mom and pop type of connection versus just going through a drive through. Uh-huh. I spent a lot of time on the phone with the person at Chase yesterday because <laughs> I feel like someone's taking money of, out of my bank account that they shouldn't be. So really? you know, Is that person you? <laughs> <laughs> There's this person who has my PIN number. I don't know who what they are. What is he are. doing they, with they it? They keep taking money and spending it only on, on food. Because they're <laughs> right on my tennis app. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to give you pity on that, except if you can give me pity on, here's my latest. So yesterday on our walk that was supposed to be 20 minutes and turned into an hour and a half, and now I have blisters mm-hmm. on my feet, not complaining. <laughs> the, uh, we got to a corner in our neighborhood, which has been on fire, by the way. Everyone is out walking. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone's got Especially their masks now that it's sunny. on. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's beautiful. So I love this. But we got to an intersection, and there were like 10, 12 people at the intersection, all standing <gasps> on their respective corners. Talking at each other across the intersection. So we walked up, maintained our physical distance of at least six feet, said hi to everybody, kept walking past. But they were all stationed at the different corners at the intersection, but they were at least, they were more than 10 feet apart from each other. Does that count as a group of six or more, Allie? (sighs) Well, I mean, they weren't together. I think the whole point of having a group of six or more is that they're standing within closer quarters than they should be. Because Uh the point is, if like the family that I saw was not maintaining a six foot distance, it was a family of seven people that were all chilling. But I will, maybe I will give it to you because the first group of six that I saw was a family and they were all on bikes. So they were Mm. within, they were at least six feet from one another just because they were on bicycles, but they were a family. So I knew they were a group that were there together. I mean, do you feel like this? And I'm just honor system here. Uh, do you total. feel like they were all a group that was hanging out together, just hanging out really far apart? I, I, it is really difficult to ascertain this because I was like, all right, is this just a group of my, of my neighbors who all came together and decided that they were just going to have a little chat session on the corner Or everyone had dogs, everyone was planted. Now, they weren't planted with drinks and seats and coolers and things like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think they were prepared Mm -hmm. to be there for a long time, but -hmm. they were planted. We saw them coming for blocks and blocks and blocks. They didn't move. And then after we left, we kept turning back around and they were still there for blocks and blocks. So they were spending a significant amount of time on that corner. My diagnosis is to give you half the points. Ooh, I will take half the points because... I also have completely been dominating on the fact that (laughs) I feel like every single person who is driving past my house or that I see on these walks is driving with a mask. Oh, no. I only got two (laughs) face masking cars. Really? Oh, my God. I am. Come to my neighborhood, Allie, if you need some extra points. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Drive around. Literally, I don't know. It just exploded in the last few days. Like every everyone's driving with a mask now with a mask on, not just at their neck, at their neck. Right. I was going to say. There are about half of them because I would be, I mean, they would just be game over if it was the people with the masks around their neck. But no, these are people with masks on. Yeah. On, on. All right. And then finally, I saw somebody on my one of my Zoom hangouts 
said they sneezed and then told me <laughs> that it was just allergies. Now, on the quarantine scavenger hunt list, it says every every time you say it's just allergies when you sneeze, you get minus a point. Do I get a point for somebody telling me that it's just allergies? Yes. I think you do. Thank you. Thank you very you much. I think actually we should adjust the scorecard. I think you get more points for that because it's getting okay. even more sensitive right now. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll adjust. I mean, you're you're never going to catch me, Allie, ever. <laughs> I don't think I will either. <laughs> I'm, I, there's nothing that I can tell myself to make myself feel better on that. Um, <laughs> but let's make ourselves feel better by crapping on the president, shall we? Trump uh, oh, starts. Na- Yay! All right. We'll get to that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Squarely in to your 11 o'clock hour, at least here on the West Coast. We thank you so much for listening to Drop the Subject. Donald Trump. <laughs> don't say it. Don't do it's, it. Don't, no. No. Uh, we hear that he's the president. And so if you watch the Coronavirus Task Force uh, press conferences on a daily basis, they're a complete and total disaster also hysterical. They're so painful to watch that they're almost, they're like, I, I mentioned a funny bone yesterday. They're like hitting your funny bone. Like they're like, ah, I kind of like this and it's interesting, but I also really want it to go away. You, uh, you said Jesse was like a funny bone. So you're yeah. saying Jesse is like the press conferences? I mean, if you want to make that correlation, yeah, it's like, <laughs> ah, this is really funny and interesting, but I can't, I have to go away like Jesse. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's true. But we have to keep you updated and that's why we trump around... <laughs> What's interesting this week is that, of course, the stimulus checks are coming out, but they have they've come out a little later than they expected to. And it's for a reason that's going to really piss you off. (laughs) It sure is. Uh, Now, listen, in said press conference yesterday. Well, all right. So Donald Trump's name is going to be printed on the stimulized checks. Mm -hmm. That's just wow. Which makes me very happy that I did direct deposit. Correct. Right. So if you get your actual check, Donald Trump's name is going to be the be printed on it. Now, there are somewhat conflicting reports because Newsweek, CNN, other outlets are saying Donald Trump demanded this. Uh-huh. Donald Trump said in his press conference yesterday, I don't know anything about that. But well, I'm he said sure something about how, like, I couldn't sign. I'm not going to sign. There are millions of checks. I'm not going to sign them. Now. I'm not going to sign it. And he so was he's like, not going to well, sign them, but he could make it, sure his name gets on them. Gets on it. Well, and he's like, it's still not going to delay the checks. It's still not going to delay. And people are going to get their money. It's not going to delay the checks because it's not really going to be that big of a deal. And then literally the Treasury Department today is saying, well, your checks might be delayed several days because we have to put this dude's name on it. Right. And this is, of course, not surprising because he has lived by the put your name on a bunch of stuff mentality for a long time. I mean, he's had steaks named after him, colognes named after him. There's a Trump winery. There's vodkas. Remember that Trump University sham? What do you mean, remember? That's where I'm getting my doctorate from, Allie. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) My opinion of you changes when you say you got your doctorate from from Trump University. You would have to, that you would have to write, uh, well, I guess it would be on the diploma anyway, but... That would have to be like a little asterisk under every appointment that you have. <laughs> every single little thing. Just just FYI, before you see me, before I care for you, just know that I got my doctorate at Trump University. Yes. Uh, he has put his name on chocolates, board games, bottled water, car shows, jets, golf courses, of course, as we know, and buildings and casinos. But you do think about 
the fact that when you put your name on something, you are, quote unquote, even if it's remembered for a bad reason, you're remembered more for that. When you go through history, you know, everyone had to take history class. And you remember like the New Deal that didn't necessarily have the president's name on it. But you once you learn about it, you know, it was a uh, Roosevelt, right? It was Roosevelt? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. OK. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, once you learn about it, you remember that you, you remember don't that remember was, uh, high school you know, that history. president. <laughs> but if it was called the Roosevelt Deal, you would have known that it was Roosevelt. Um, uh-huh. Obamacare is another example of you put your name on it and everyone knows that that's the president that created that. Uh If you are naming a bill after yourself, then it's going to be easy to remember what that president did with their time in office versus just calling it the Green New Deal. So I understand the mentality of putting your name on stuff. But when you're trying to put your name on stuff, I mean, this is such a dictatory thing to do. I know we throw that word around, but this it's such a thing. Like it's it it reminds me of something that Kim Jong Un would do to be like, my name needs to go on this. We need to make sure that everyone has my haircut. We need to make sure that everyone has my name on all this. Like that's something that when you're (laughs) imposing yourself onto all of your quote unquote subjects. It. It is an actual thing. And I think it's really interesting that the, you know, he's taking credit, so much credit for, well, I'm doing all of these things to keep, to keep the economy going. And we, we were, we responded faster to this than anybody else. And, and China, it's all China's fault and it's all the WHO's fault and all of this. But let's, let's just pause and make sure that we talk about my ratings during this. This press yes. conference. Let's just pause and make sure that we find every opportunity to to berate the reporters that are asking most of the time legitimate questions and talk about how their news organization is fake. Not that people are dying on your watch. Not that they were. That's the highest unemployment rate maybe since the Great Depression. After today's news, like nope. Let's not talk about any of that. Let's make sure my name gets on this check. Let's make sure you know that I gave you money. Remember that I did you a favor. Yeah. Um, hmm, interesting. Well, news that are losing. We have other things that are not Trump or COVID. Related, and we will get to them after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Yes, you guessed it right. It is News It or Lose It time. I have three headlines, not five, not four, but three. James has a clinking device in front of him, at least as far as I can see, which means he has three choices to make. I will release a headline. He will decide if we news it or lose it. Whatever he newses, that's what we hear more about. Whatever he loses, we will never speak of again. Ever. Release the headlines. (laughs) Headline number one. Right when we needed it, Alex Trebek releases a memoir. Oh my gosh, he makes me cry. Like every I time know. I see him on the, I'm like, oh, Alex, you... don't. <laughs> in it. Headline news in it. Headline number two: Goat to meeting will bring animals to your Zoom meetings. So the fact that the first word I thought you said was goat. Is yeah, that it right? is. It's, it's goat to meeting instead of go to meeting. Oh, yeah. and you know how I feel about goats. <laughs> I'm pandering to you. Yes. And then finally, headline number three. Here's what remote puppeting looks like on Sesame Street. (sighs) (laughs) You seem stressed. I do. 
I was gonna be like, nah, puppets, and then but then you said Sesame Street. Okay, fine, you just gotta do it fast. Ding! Whoa, oh, three! Okay. Hey, and then and, 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 and you got three. Okay, ready? Go. <laughs> All right. Alex Trebek's birthday gift to us is his memoir. The world is getting a gift. The day before he turns 80, Simon and Schuster have announced that the new book, the answer is Reflections of My Life. Oh, it will be released is July 21st. Yeah, well, yeah, later this year, he will be turning 80. I know. Doesn't he look damn good for 80? What? Oh, my gosh. He looks great. Good for him, Alex. You've gone ahead with your little. I wish it would come out now. Everybody would read that. That would totally solve the problem of like, what do we do this weekend? And be like, I'm reading Alex's uh, memoirs. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't ever say I'm going to read a whole book over the weekend, but for Alex Trebek, I might. Yeah. Uh, the announcement was made Tuesday. They, uh, I mean, he looks damn good on the cover, too. Said, wondering what Alex has been up to at home. The tweet read, he wrote a book. Very exciting. I mean, he he really has been productive. If you're talking about being productive with your time off, he's like, I'm just going to write a whole book. And you're <laughs> like, gonna... damn it. All I've done is play Animal Crossing. <laughs> Don't. Uh, uh, speaking of animals, you can bring farm animals to your... Okay, now I'm getting a, an update. Okay. If you want to invite... A llama or a goat to your next corporate Zoom meeting or a video call, you can do so for under $100, which is really pricey. $100? Stop it. An animal sanctuary in Silicon Valley called Sweet Farm is letting people pay to get llamas, goats, and other farm animals to tune into their video calls. (laughs) (laughs) But how do you ensure that the goat stays put, right? Like, I don't want the the goat to be locked into place. But also, like, how do you, if I'm going to pay you $99.99 to see my goat in my meeting, I want to see my goat. I don't want the goat, like, out on pasture and she's gone, you know? Yeah, well, you know, they'll have to make it one of those uh, treat dispensers. Right, and every time like the laptop says, will have yeah. like everyone time someone says synergize, <laughs> yeah, like, a little strategy. treat pops out, and they're like, yeah. that's a new, uh, it's a new spin on like corporate bingo. So everyone says like, why don't we circle back and touch base? Two treats pop out, and then the goat stays there. I love it. Yay! All right, and then finally, one more story. You can't social distance inside Cookie Monster, but Sesame Street found a way. When Sesame Workshop announced that it had produced Sesame Street Elmo's Playdate, a special episode where Elmo is and his Sesame Street friends find new ways to play and learn together through video conferencing... A lot of people wondered, how do you make Sesame Street when everyone is working from home? Well, the teleconferencing and filming aspects are not that mysterious because if SNL can do it and Disney animators can do it, Sesame Workshop can do it. And yeah. uh, Yeah, they... So the special projects production team... They produced a virtual play, Elmo's virtual play date, and it premiered earlier this week. And they basically created a whole background, and they have Elmo just solo puppeting. And there's probably some guy with his hand up his butt, um, you know, <laughs> underneath. And they have they've actually done it pretty well. It seems like they recreated the uh, the you know Elmo's little house pretty effortlessly when you think of actual recreating sesame street i mean it's a whole set and it's a whole experience to go through all of those different sets but if you just kind of isolate it to one room and being at home they can recreate that pretty quickly similar to a zoom background come and play everything's a-okay Say, is that Sesame Street song, right? That's where yeah, yeah, yeah. we meet. Can you tell me how to get, how to get to Sesame Street? You can't go. It's closed. 
drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. At the top of the next hour, we're going to be talking to a guy named Jeff Clayton, and uh, he is the executive director of the American Bail Coalition. And we're going to be chatting with him about how COVID-19 has affected the prison system. Going to be a fascinating chat, so you'll definitely want to stick around for that. But before we uh, close out hour number two, figured we'd share some of the things that you've been sharing with us on social media at DTS show on Instagram and on Twitter. Yesterday, we were joking, uh, James, about what is the radio version of saying you have to take a crap. (laughs) Right. Like what's what's the like the signal the like, oh, I got to do something because I got to go number two. Yeah, because there was a there was a lawyer reference that we made where it was like, I have to go file a motion. (laughs) Yeah. And so uh, somebody said on Twitter that the radio version was very obvious. It was the the term for going to the bathroom is to play the Verve's bittersweet symphony, because we definitely (laughs) did that up in San Francisco. We'd be like, all right, it's 730 a.m. Time to go play the Verve, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Somebody also ever. Yeah, it's like a six minute song. It's plenty of time. And then Ron, uh, Ron underscore M underscore 2000 on Twitter said that he used to play Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody when he needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so what's your bathroom song? If you, you radio people, you radio nerds that are listening out there, we'd love to hear it. Also wanted to let you know that Chris Contreras was inspired by our show yesterday and decided to uh, put the Zoom background the capital of hell is Flavortown with Guy Fieri <laughs> in the background. He used that as a Zoom background. Did I want to know meetings. in one in one of his meetings? That's amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if you do it with a friend's virtual thing, that's one thing and everyone laughs. But if you got the cajones to do it like <laughs> Like during in, like a big meeting in a meeting, right? Like it, <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. I want to hear more about this, by the way, if your people are using these new backgrounds. Absolutely. And then uh, finally, on uh, DTS shows Twitter and on Instagram, we put up our official show color. Yesterday, we were naming colors. I again yesterday got caught up naming colors. I named a beige color uh, all of Arizona. So that was fun. And <laughs> As in, then, like all, all of air, like the entire yeah, state. Just the <laughs> solid beige was all of Arizona. And then I named, uh, we named a grayish blue color. Drop the subject. It is number, color number 538A85. So congratulations to the show. We now have an, have an official color. And it is, it's just called drop the subject. Yeah. Just called oh. drop the subject. So anytime anyone uses that color from now on, it is known as us. It, it is known. This is us. This is um, us. I love that. So uh, we appreciate you reaching out to us on social media at DTS Show, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, please always check in, of course, with your quar- quarantine scorecard. Um, some other things that are trending on social media right now, unfortunately, and this one hits personal, this one hits a little bit home, as someone who is a health expert who talks a lot on air, radio, TV, podcasts, in the interwebs, what have you. It is, I will tell you that this is a complete, very difficult, challenging sort of role. And and I love it. I enjoy it because I, I really do feel like this is the way I help people the best. But sometimes things come out the wrong way. And it, it has happened to me before. I also have 
accidentally inadvertently reported incorrect information and people have called me out on it. And I, and I would imagine there's a lot of pressure on that. There, there's a lot of pressure. Also, as a, there is some level of responsibility. Uh, it is one of the reasons why I'm always very crystal clear. Like I am not giving medical advice. I'm not doing these things. But um, sometimes you, you just got to really like slow down and think about what you are saying. And unfortunately, Dr. Oz, who I do not know, but we everyone knows Dr. Oz, said some things last night on Sean Hannity's show um, that have really gotten him in trouble on Twitter. Uh, and it's it's not going well. Take a listen. Dr. Oz, help us. Well, first, we need our mojo back. Let's start with things that are really critical to the nation where we think we might be able to open without getting into a lot of trouble. I tell you, schools are a very appetizing opportunity. Uh, I just saw a nice piece in the Lancet arguing that the opening of schools may only cost us 2 to 3% in terms of total mortality. And, you know, that's any life is a life lost. But to get every child back into a school where they're safely being educated, being fed, uh, and making the most out of their lives with a the theoretical risk in the backside, uh, it might be a trade-off some folks would consider we need some yeah so basically (laughs) dr oz is saying that it would be okay if two to three percent of school children died yeah Um, which i don't know if was what he meant but i I, uh, yeah not well i mean it's tough because if you are the dr oz everyone thinks that you're supposed to be the voice of everything Uh, like you're always supposed to be right and you're always supposed to be saying the right thing so if you say something like that everyone's like so you're saying that killing three percent of kids is cool what the (laughs) hell man right and i i guarantee you again i do not know this man i guarantee you that dr oz does not think that 1.1 to 1.7 million school children dying is a good thing i guarantee you he does not say that um what we do have to speak in sort of reality and absolutes and that people are dying from this virus and they're going. They're going to continue to die, mm-hmm. and so at, at at some point we have to understand what is our acceptable level of of understanding that people are are unfortunately dying of this, and and I think you just you just have to be really careful when you talk about kids, when you talk about reopening the economy, when you talk when you actually put numbers. Two to three percent is not just something you read in an article. We're talking about actual human lives. So yeah, um, very interesting. And millions of them. And, and millions of them, right. And so I don't, you know, in cancel culture, who knows if Dr. Oz is going to get canceled over this. And, and I'm conflicted about whether or not he should be. But um, either way, not a good look. Well, he could always try and blame it on his eyebrows. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. And one interesting aspect of the COVID-19 pandemic in general is how this has affected the prison systems in America and the early release of some prisoners and how it's affecting the spread of the virus, if at all. Jeffrey Clayton is on with us now. He is the executive director of the American Bail Coalition, and we wanted to talk to you about this. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So why don't we just start with explaining who is being released, why are they being released, and where? Sure. Uh, so there's really two um, different type of penal institutions in the United States that people are kept in custody, uh, which would basically be prison, which is post-conviction, uh, or jail, which can be pre-conviction or post-conviction, but generally shorter uh, stays. So we've seen activity in both. Uh, I work primarily more on the jails issue, so I'm more knowledgeable about that. But I can tell you that from coast to coast, uh, in nearly every state, not every jurisdiction, but in many jurisdictions uh, from coast to coast, the virus is resulting in pressure to release uh, defendants from jail for various reasons. And some of it is that there's concern they'll get the virus in jail. Some of it's cost-related, that they don't want to pay for the health care. 
of these particular defendants if they get it in jail, because those costs come out of county budget. So there's, uh, you know, there's some argument that it stops containment by having these people go in and out of jail. And so we just need to kind of lock down what we have. So that's primarily what we've seen is the reason is that. And the other reason, I guess, that we saw in California primarily is that the court system just can't deal with it. And so they can't meet deadlines in a criminal case like they could before. And so that warrants releasing a certain amount of people just to be able to uh, comply with the deadlines. And so the California uh, Supreme Court just said, all, all except these cases are getting out of jail temporarily. That actually brings up a, a question, interesting question that I had, Jeff. Are there specific types of convictions that the, I guess you could say, and I know you primarily work on the jail side of things, but the, the uh, certain types of convictions that are not eligible for this release at all, like regardless murder? of state? Yes. And it, and it depends on the jurisdiction, right? So in some jurisdictions, what they, you know, they generally start with nonviolent crimes or lower level of felony crimes. Certainly any misdemeanor crimes are instantly on the table for those jurisdictions that hold uh, misdemeanor defendants. And so there's screening criteria depending on the state. Uh, and sometimes that's a function of like they give the discretion to the parole board and give them a target to hit. Mm. And so it's their job to kind of classify the offenders. The other thing is you don't want to look at what they're just convicted of right now, which is why the California order is a problem because we're not looking at their past history. Uh, we're just looking at what they're charged with right now. And so that's what should happen is that parole board should be looking at each individual and saying, can we release this guy or not? It's interesting to think about because if it's a nonviolent crime, you'd think, oh, okay, if I release this person, then it's not necessarily like violence is going to increase in the state as a result of that person being released. But if you don't look at their history... And we we talk about how crime has gone down since everyone's begun quarantining, but you can't help but think if you're releasing a lot of prisoners over the course of several months, how that is going to affect things long term, right? Are there any predictions about that? Well, you know, law enforcement has their own predictions. I've talked to a lot of sheriffs. Uh, crime is going down because we're not responding to it. Uh, the criminal justice system is is shut down right now. What's going to happen in California, and certainly the police commissioner in New York came out this morning and said, you know, criminals are taking advantage of the COVID. In California, it's easy to take advantage of the COVID. Just don't commit a crime on the list. Uh, you're not going to be arrested. And, you know, it was funny because somebody said that, uh, a friend of mine in California said that the aisle of the grocery store, you can only go down one way. And I said, no, you can go down both ways and you can stick your arm out and have all the merchandise fall into your cart and walk out. And there's no, nothing that anybody's going to do to you right now. That's the reality. And when people start to figure that out, you know, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. I, do. I can't believe I didn't think of that already. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I absolutely didn't think of it that way as well. I sort of I was sort of coming at this from, a, you know, the issues with mass incarceration in general sort of situation. And as someone who, you know, formerly lived in Chicago, um, I'm not on a personal level, but other individuals in my life familiar with Cook County Jail and that which is right now that, you know, the the hotbed for this. I think it's been pointed to as the single largest source of COVID-19 diagnosis. And I think they're battling their own 500 just within the facility right now. Um, so what do you know in terms of this, in this world that we live in right now, what states are finding or municipalities, jurisdictions about how this release of nonviolent offenders at the very least and others is impacting COVID-19 diagnoses in those facilities? Uh, we don't know is the answer. And, and you know, the, the other thing is what happens if we release people, and we don't test them. Are we releasing people who have COVID back in um, to society? The other thing that's been interesting uh, to learn about this is that, you know, there's some argument, there's been some argument that this particular population of people that you're releasing are not good containers. Uh, you know, many of them will have drug problems that they'll resume when they get out. They'll start using needles, blah, 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 blah. They won't contain. They, they were in jail. They didn't have housing and employment in the first place. So where are they going to go? Where are they going to contain themselves? So there's all kinds of issues. You know, I think the 
real issue, and I think one of a, a, a federal court in Pennsylvania covered this pretty well, which is these facilities have to comply with CDC guidelines. And when they don't, that's when we get into a problem. And that's when there should be relief. And that's that's what the function is, at least in Pennsylvania, is you have to show that the facility is not following the rules. And then, then at that point, it's, hey, I'm in, a, I'm in a prison and I'm going to be subjected to this and there's nothing I can do about it. Well, and I would imagine if if you work in a prison as well, this is a risk for you. If there aren't enough resources to contain, if patients do start testing positive, you're also putting yourself at risk. And then that trickles down if less and less people are opting to show up at work. Yeah, exactly. And interestingly, um, you know, it's believed that most jails got the COVID from outside offenders coming from outside. In the prison context, it was all brought in by employees. So there's no, there's been no ability to see that this was caused by the offenders in the prisons because nobody was coming in and nobody was going out. And if they were, they were getting a medical before, you know, they came in. Specifically with, I know I'm thinking about this because 420 is around the corner, but releasing prisoners who had been convicted of marijuana possession or intent to sell in states that now have legalized medical marijuana or recreational marijuana. I read something about those prisoners being released, no questions asked. Is that happening? Well, that's more, that's not really related to the COVID as they should have gone back in time and wiped some of those convictions out. Um, and they've, in my home state of Colorado, they certainly have, have been doing that, which is going back in time and eliminating all of these um, sentences for, for these uh, possession crimes that are, you know, no, no longer are illegal, but encouraged to, you know, help the tax base. Last thing, sort of, as we kind of wrap up here quickly, yeah, I'm asking you to look in your magic ball, your crystal ball. What, what does this mean going forward and sort of in terms of do these individuals have to come back to jail? A and B, do you think this will actually change how we incarcerate individuals for certain crimes? Is it actually going to change the structure of, of the social justice system going forward? You know, my prediction is that we're not going to have any conclusive answer from this because the entire criminal justice system has shut down. So to argue that, well, crime is down or, you know, people would have shown up for court, there's no court dates. Uh, what I would forecast is going to happen is there'll be mass chaos. It will take a year or two to get through all of this because we've shut the entire you know system down and now we're going to have to go back in time and deal with it. Will it change how we incarcerate? I think it's probably worth thinking about the fact that, yes, jail is a bad place for people to be during a pandemic. And obviously, those on the side of they want mass decarceration are using this. Uh, and they will come back and say this is an example of why their policies will work. And, you know, we'll evaluate it at that time. But for me, you know, for what I'm doing for my job is let's get through this and, you know, we can get back to what we were doing before, which is talking bail reform. Yeah, we always have mass chaos to look forward to. So that's always great. Thank you, Jeff Clayton, <laughs> the executive director of the American Bail Coalition. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Appreciate it. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Fascinating, intriguing, amazing stuff going on here. Drop the subject. If I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. And myself is James Simmons, guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson. It is that time of the week where we decide if some lunacy is either gay gay or cray cray. Yes, I will reveal as many details as I can about a story of a couple. 
and I will remove all gender pronouns, all names, and you will guess whether it is about a gay, gay couple or a regular, hetero, straight, uh, straight, straight couple <laughs> that's doing something cray-cray. <laughs> and boy, I cannot wait to tell you about this story, James. Oh, I'm super excited. Okay, because I, I love this, and I, I'm, I'm and interesting. I don't know if you know this. Um, I don't know if you're keeping track of my life, Allie, uh, but I'm really bad at this game. <laughs> I have not kept track, actually. I don't don't know if I've ever gotten it right. (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I I guess you're right. I don't. You really do suck at this game. Well, it makes it even more exciting. Yeah, great. Let's do it. Okay. There is a polyamorous couple who lives in Texas. One is 45. The other is 48. And they are married, but they've been having a couple of problems in their relationship. They had a polyamorous relationship with another person, but the person left them, which left them with even harder times. Fortunately, and it's tough to spend money on things like this in the climate that we're in, but they dropped seven thou on a Scottish robotic sex doll and their relationship has changed for the better. I wish I had a Scottish accent. I would totally do it right now. Oh, it's a polyamorous couple who have developed real feelings for a sex doll with a Scottish accent. They believe they can now go everywhere together. They even take it to work. I was, <gasps> to work? What do they do? Yeah, I'm not going to reveal the name or the gender of the sex doll either. I'm trying to make this as hard as uh, I can make it. Okay. But the sex doll speaks in a soft Scottish accent, talks to the couple using custom AI personality application, and responds to them in real time depending on their on, on the robot's mood. The robot has lifelike <laughs> skin and is built to be as flexible as a real person. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> I mean, Scottish is okr. Okay. <laughs> right. How do you okr in Scottish? That, that <laughs> I don't know. I think it. they everything. <laughs> right. They uh, preloaded the, the robot's personality, and the robot has the ability to incite sexual things with both of them whenever the sex robot is in the mood they have hundreds of programmed words and share conversation with one another i wish i could show you this picture of a couple with <laughs> the sex robot but this the one person in the couple is standing next to the other and then they both have their hand on the sex robot who is sitting in a wheelchair <laughs> in a wheelchair so that it can get around I think bad things have happened to this sex robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have used and abused this sex robot to the point that the sex robot can no longer walk. First of all, though, wait, can we go back to the fact that th- like, they get down with the get down when the sex robot is in the mood, not when the actual human beings are in the mood? I'm sorry, but I don't care how hot a sex robot is. Nobody is telling me when I am in the mood or not. That is true. And I don't think they're following that protocol by the fact that the robot is in a wheelchair (laughs) (laughs) like we're gonna use this robot whenever we feel (laughs) like it so they say they often take the robot out to dinner and they take her to work as well one of the people in the couple works as a pest controller so they bring the sex robot with them to work i'm assuming to other people's houses when somebody has a tick problem this person shows up with a sex robot and is like don't worry it's chill this is our polyamorous (laughs) partner <laughs> don't worry don't worry it's chill wait don't worry about I, that yeah can i this is my one this is my one big huge question i think this i think this will tell me a lot because we're all going a little bit crazy in the time of quarantine mm-hmm. 
Did, is this occurring before we all went in lockdown or just now, like since we've been in lockdown? Yeah, you know, this this story came out this week and it doesn't oh. have any. But, but I would imagine that they've been doing this for a while because they say that they've developed feelings for this sex robot, no, which haven't. I would imagine no, that hasn't. Yeah, no. they ha- They say that it's fixed their stop marriage. Lying. No, yeah. stop lying. You're telling they, like Allie. No, I don't believe you. No, they said before this sex robot, they were in a terrible poly relationship and they were feeling like outsiders, but now they feel (laughs) ready and raring to go. But the question is, are they gay gay or are they cray cray? I would like you bonus points if you can guess the gender of the robot. Oh, I'm really, really a bad at this game, like we decided. Uh, but to, I'm feeling pretty strongly, by the way. I think Texas has a lot to do with this. Um, I think the 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 Scottishness of the robot has to do with this, and the fact that the robot's in a wheelchair. I'm going to guess that the robot is female, mm-hmm. and that she is now a the third wheel in a heterosexual relationship. Wow, you are correct for the first time ever, James. Oh, yeah, I finally got it right. Come on now. Shelly and Darius. I will show you their picture. This is this is them. So uh-huh. there is a, 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 a larger white woman with very large breasts, and she's yeah, got there you go. Yep. she's got a choker on, <gasps> and no. she's married to a, a kind of a I would yeah. say a Ouch. kind of a nerdy black guy with a TGI Fridays vest on that has a bunch of pins, and he's got a buttons. bow tie, buttons, yeah. And then they've got their sexual robot named Camilla, and. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! They're Hold on, I gotta show you her. this picture no, of them. I can't. They're hanging with out. Her. They're ca- hanging out together, and Shelly is laying on the couch next to the sex robot, who is looking at the camera like, "Please help me." <laughs> If this robot actually could make legit <laughs> facial expressions, that expression is get me the F out of here. Yeah, she's like, I can't watch Hoarders one more moment. Okay, that has been your gay gay cray cray. You're welcome. I can't. You don't find stories like this much very often, folks. So happy to share it with you on Drop the Subject more after this. Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. All right, we're coming right back here on Drop the Subject with Allie and James. And if you missed our chat with uh, Jeff, Clayton of the American Bail Coalition. You'll definitely want to download the podcast, which is at Drop the Subject on radio.com or wherever you find your podcast. We are about to embark on new territory here on uh, the airwaves of Channel ugh. Q. Really pretty frightened by this, by the way. This is a this is a new venture that I'm not sure. I well, I know I actually I'm sure of something. I'm sure that it is going to be a complete cluster. Well, yeah, we we don't know what's about to happen, but Jesse has asked to grace us with his voice so that he can share something that he really hello yep that he really wanted to do on the show he wanted to talk to us about some kind of an internet challenge so go ahead jesse you have the floor all right so there's a new challenge called the pillow challenge and i was warning you two to try to guess what it is and the person furthest from the answer has to go and post it up on our social media so we have to do the challenge if we if we can't guess what it is Yes. Okay. 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 All right. So, so what is the challenge then, Jesse? It's hashtag pillow challenge. Okay. Say it again. It's the what? Hashtag pillow challenge. Okay. Uh, With the proper amount of excitement. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Not like, 
let me sell you on this. This is the hottest <laughs> new trend on this social media yeah. platform. And like Pillow. all these Pillow. celebrities are doing and it's really hot and interesting and fun. <laughs> and even if you lose, you're going to love it. It's going to be great. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Just oh. hashtag pillow challenge. Pillow, pillow challenge. <laughs> Okay, so here's Uh, what I think it is then. So we're each going to say what we think it is, and the person that's farthest from the answer has to do the pillow challenge and post what? Is it a video? Is it a picture? Can you at least tell us that? Um, No, I'm going to leave that to you. Oh, Oh, all right. And also feel free to guess the platform as well. The platform. Now, is this something where we get to, it's like 20 questions, or we we both just get like one crack at this? No, this one crack. So give give your best guess, and the person furthest away will be... uh, Posting that on our social media. All right. Uh, let's get the energy up here. All right. So I'm going to say pillow <laughs> challenge. I was, was going to say, do you hear those crickets in the background, Hallie? <laughs> that is everyone who is tuned out. There's absolutely uh, no one listening to drop the subject right now. I think a baby just started crying. Somewhere. Right. <laughs> there is. So so if you if this is at the platform, I'm going to really hope that this is on Twitter or Instagram, because if it's on TikTok, I'm going to kill you. Uh-huh. I have not downloaded TikTok yet, and I'm trying to avoid it as long as possible. But I'm going to say the pillow challenge. Should I go like danger? I mean, people love doing dangerous internet challenges, like eat a pillow. Danger. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do folding yourself up into the size of a pillow. All right. And then was that Twitter or Instagram? Be a little more specific. Okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go YouTube. Oh, oh, okay. oh wow. Go That's YouTube. a curveball. So people are actually having to like go through like the video, the process of them folding themselves up into the size of a pillow. Yeah, like they'll get their pillow and put it next to them and they have to fit inside of the pillow. Like they have to like like in the pillowcase. <laughs> yes. They have to put themselves <laughs> inside the pillowcase. pillowcase. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, so pretty much what you're saying is I can guess anything else and I'm going to be right. <laughs> okay. I'm to each sh- his own. Shaming your guess. Okay, so pillow. I feel like this is much more like um No, I feel like it's more lazy in 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 its uh in its bottom mm-hmm. lineness and its effort. Like it's, you know, because we're all at quarantine, we're all going a little crazy right now. Everyone's tired of like having to feel like they have to work out or like do something. So this mm. was just going to be like like it's going to be, but I don't know. Like it's like laying like lay on, like a pillow, like, right. Or like just, I'm laying on my pillow or like I, I am my pillow or just like, I'm taking a picture with my pillow. Like, like, I feel oh, like that's it's an interesting take on it. I feel like it's just like super lame. Like, so like, like taking a like, picture with your pillow, like my pillow. Yeah. Like, t- like my pillow is a feather pillow. My pillow is a d- uh, like down pillow, you know, like it's just dumb. Like it's, mm. but it's people trying to be like hot and sexy at the same time. Oh, like sexy on their pillow. Yeah. Like I'm like sexy mm. on my pillow. Like I'm whatever. This feels like something that's totally, totally Instagrammable, by the way. Like, I think this is thoughty Instagram stars oh, who are just like thirsty. I'm, I'm look at me how I lay on my pillow. I wake up hashtag. I woke up like this, like that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. Okay. I, uh, well, I'm definitely going to say that one of you two are closer than the other one. Oh, okay. um, so the pillow challenge is Instagram. Yes, okay. got it. All right. Damn it. As that, it's where you take your pillow and kind of wear it as a dress by um, strapping it to your front with a belt. Okay, I think that I'm closer. Um, no, it, it's <laughs> that's kinda like basically the wearing b- wearing your. <laughs> okay, 
you know what? That's <laughs> you you're putting yourself wearing... in a pillowcase. Nope, that is not putting your, a pillow. So wait, okay. So explain this. The pillow is in front of you, and you wrap a belt around it, like so that yep. you're wearing the it, pillow. Yep, like a dress. Yeah, that is not folding yourself into a pillow, <laughs> Allie Johnson. <laughs> You are not going to get away with this. Sweet. So we get to see Allie only wearing a pillow. Yep. (laughs) Oh, I can't wear anything else? Oh, God. Yeah, it's just a pillow. This will be hashtag second thoughts. Right. People are actually doing this. The ones right here, one of the first ones is the whole family doing it. Oh, God. Oh, man. So I have to do it on my cats? This is even worse. (laughs) All right. Well, there we go. So if you're uh, not following us already on Drop the Subject at DTS Show, you're probably going to want to see whatever the hell this is. I'd rather fold myself into a pillow and break my legs. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Well, I don't know about you, James Simmons, but for me, when I'm in times of trouble, I always look to... My girl, Britney Spears, for guidance. <laughs> Don't we all, all the gays? It's on our card when we get our license renewed every year. It's like, how many Britney songs have you tried to mm-hmm. develop choreography to this year? I, that's true. And she has not been shy on Instagram. She recently posted a video of her dancing to the new Justin Timberlake song, and she uh, referenced their breakup from 20 years ago, called him a genius. I think he responded with a crying emoji face or a laughing face. So everyone's freaking out about that. But I think it's important to look to her at a time like this because in a way, I do think we are all Britney in the sense of we're all being... Like, we're all feeling very isolated. I feel like Britney Spears is somebody who feels isolated a lot of the time. If you look at her Instagram, she is posting from her house random workout videos, random I'm just putting these outfits on videos, uh, random pictures of her working out with her boyfriend and her super hot boyfriend. It seems like she is quarantined most of the time and she's stuck at home. And that's how a lot of us are feeling, right? Stir crazy. And I, I, so stir crazy is, I mean, maybe that's what started it with Brittany and, and sort of the all of the crazy things she's been through. But I feel like she's, you're right, mastered this over the last few years. Like maybe we really do all need to just look to how Brittany sort of come out of her own quarantine over the last very long time. And she's mm-hmm. she's found new maybe political ideologies. Like she seems super happy. She found like, like the hottest dude on earth as her boyfriend. Like right. maybe we all have... If we just stick through this thing a little bit, Brittany can be an example of like how we can come out better on the other eye. Other I mean, eyed, on, other the other, on the, <laughs> on the other, other eye. <laughs> Brittany Spears is sort of our spirit animal right, right now, I, I think in a lot of ways. And she has made a lot of political statements, which is interesting. She's commented about how it's time to strike. It's time to redistribute wealth. She's called on people to hit her up if they need anything because she is worth $58 million. Of course, it's oh. being controlled by her father. But I think when it comes to the poor of sanity we should listen to this on days like today where the sun's really not out and we're all staying in these are a couple of the things that i do just to stay sane and to balance myself out i do so this is just a tip from britney spears on how to stay sane okay everyone is that her real voice yeah, so this has been happening over the last, I would say, six months. She's developing a very weird accent, uh, which it. happens sometimes when you're isolated. Yeah. Yes, this is what she, this is what she like sounds like. Where the sun's really not out and where the sun is not out. So <laughs> staying in. These are a couple of the things that I do just to stay sane and to balance myself out. I do a little bit of prayer in the morning, and then I also do a lot of stretching and a little bit of yoga. So this is... 
So then uh, now it's just cutting to her doing workouts to uh, prayer just, and in her bedroom. Yeah. And now she's got a funky beat in the background, which she usually picks random songs and then she'll do either workouts or dances or just kind of twirl around in different outfits to, uh, that are <laughs> organized by decade. Uh, it's, it's all very strange, but I think just so you know, to stay sane, Britney Spears does prayer in the morning and a little bit of stretching and yoga. So if you want tips on how to stay sane from Britney Spears, uh, that's her advice. I feel like Britney is this, she is full tilt the use my stimulus check to buy a unicorn onesie person. <laughs> and she just is, listen, she's worth $58 million and she's happy and she's come out the other end of this and she's got talks differently, but she's, she's on a different planet than the rest of us. And I'm a little bit jealous. I know she is really coming out the other eye. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. And rolling right along here on Drop the Subject in our final hour. Thank you so much for tuning in to the telethon. No, this is not a telethon, but it is radio. <laughs> thank you and we, so much. Thank you so much for listening. And we're going to have another hour of tap miming from Sarah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you can win a tote bag. Ooh, I'll do anything for a tote. Yeah. Uh, it's Allie Johnson and James Simmons, and we are debuting a new segment here on Drop the Subject called News for the 1%. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because the 99% have a lot of concerns right now, of course. I mean, times are tough, but they can be tough for the 1% as well. It's important that we don't leave them out of the conversation. Mm. So... Thought we would share a story with you from a woman. This is a personal account from a woman named Lauren Sloss. And she wants to share her personal story of how sailing has prepared her for sheltering in place. Oh, I know. I mean, I know every time that I'm out on my sailboat pondering life and asking, you know, the crew if they can you know, starboard left a little bit. I'm often wondering what happens in a pandemic and how can sailing prepare me for that? Well, Lauren will tell you because she has a lot of time to write a really long article and <laughs> explain to you why quarantining is exactly like sailing. Oh, yes. Doesn't anybody Let, know that? Doesn't anyone know? It was just me and the dogs. So... Here we go. This is Lauren's, Lauren Sloss's real account of events. Scene begins. Three years ago, I sailed across the Atlantic Ocean from Cape Town to South Africa to Martinique in the Caribbean. I was aboard the Saltbreaker, a 32-foot 1979 Valiant sailboat, along with my husband, Alex, my brother-in-law, Nick, and his girlfriend, Alex. Oh. There are two Alex. <laughs> Alex okay. and Alex. How funny is that? How droll. <laughs> oh. Alt, can't you just hear the bob in my haircut? <laughs> severe, severe bob. Severe bob. How droll. Alt can, can continue, Lauren. All told, the trip took about four months, and our longest passage without sighting land from Ascension Island to the South Atlantic to Martinique, Martinique lasted 31 days. It was an experience that was simultaneously epic and monotonous, profound, and incredibly dull. It was also, oh. for better or worse, good preparation for quarantine. Quarantine. <laughs> so that was the that was paragraph one. There are many paragraphs in between, but <laughs> right, it just literally like that was the first paragraph. At this point, do you do like what do you think? Like, are you judging yourself if you continue to read? 
Like I sort of am like, I know. I? Like, I think she's really doing, thinking she's doing somebody a service by explaining this, um, to talk about how dull and anxiety provoking it is to go on a long, luxurious sailing journey with two Alexes. But, uh, she goes on to explain how it helped her with physical boundaries and creating privacy. On Salt on Saltbreaker, there was little to no physical privacy, save in the head, where no one wants to hang out for longer than necessary. <laughs> you know Quarters I mean. were extra close, I, I understand, with four of us on board and no cabins. It became essential to carve out spaces where we could each sit and read, draw, write, tinker, or stare off into space without fielding questions or comments. I would tuck myself into a corner on deck, facing the water, and was left largely undisturbed for hours at a time. That mental privacy, largely maintained by an unspoken rule between us, gave me the space to lose myself in a book check in with feelings and not have to react or respond to others. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me that you're on a ship for at the, at the worst point, 31 days at a time between seeing land and you didn't have time to actually have the conversation about this. Like I think the most epic part of this whole thing was checking in with her feelings. You didn't have time to say to your children and his girlfriend or whatever. When mama is over here, that's, that's, I need my space. I need four hours a day. Y'all need to uh, leave me to hell alone. Right. Like, you're telling me that you were on this sailing sailing trip and it had to be an unspoken rule. <laughs> right. And it's this time for her to check in with feelings because, you know, those are few and far between sometimes. I, I mean, right. I, I got to go searching for the feelings. Also, they, they, they are spending money to not work and be in a self-induced quarantine like the rest of the world is feeling and going crazy with now. If that is not the definition of privilege, uh-huh. like, and then you get excited enough to write about it and then tell everybody else, like, the, oh, this is how you can make it through. No, no. Yeah. The difference is between you had an endpoint, boo. When your sailboat <laughs> right. got to the dock, like, you get exactly. to go back to reality. We don't have an endpoint right now. All right, Lauren, what else you got, girl? I'm over you. I'll close it out with her... A paragraph on making meals count. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whether you're cooking for yourself, a partner, or a whole family, it can be incredibly gratifying to prepare something delicious. And that doesn't have to mean complicated. It can be as simple as working big. Curry pastes, pre-made simmer sauces, and well-stocked spice cabinets were essential for our fresh supplies as they dwindled. Uh, pro tip, cabbage, potatoes, onions, and garlic last a very long time on board. It also is helpful to identify simple foods that bring you joy. For me, it was a sunny-side-up egg with plenty of salt, chili, and turmeric. For my husband, Alex, peanut butter straight out of the jar. Uh, Okay. Uh, How are you? (laughs) (laughs) There is so much to unpack here. I feel like for the other 99% of us, like it ain't about, do I have turmeric in my spice cabinet? It is like, get me the F off of this boat. Do I have, yeah. Do I have pasta? Do I have rice? Do I have things that can make a meal for my family? Do I have, do, how am I getting out of here? Cause I am sorry. I have been on a cruise ship and that is totally different. But if I'm on a boat stuck out in the middle of nowhere, my only thought process is what kind of airplane cra- crash, castaway movie type of stuff happened for me to end up yeah. in this boat by my damn self. Nope. I'm doing everything possible to get out of here. No, I will eat whatever. Now I'm talking about, oh, I don't have the turmeric in my spice cabinet. Ugh. 
This makes this, I don't like this new segment, Allie. It makes me angry. <laughs> well, if I were Lauren and I were stuck on a boat with two Alexes, I would have eaten them both by now for sustenance. Uh, well, there you have it. And you said it perfectly, James. This is, I think, for her, not a thought process, but a, it's thought process. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. I got to hear from Lauren and the one percenters <laughs> in the last grill. <laughs> You're actually not too bad at that. Well, uh, thank you, Allie Johnson. I just, uh, I may never be able to do that segment again. That got me all kinds of fired up. <laughs> I know. I love it. Um, but speaking of one percenters, m- more people who make more money may be eligible for more money from the government. Wow, that was a really bad segue, but I'm trying, you know? I'm, I got I'm, it, I got it. You, you got so it? Yeah. People like Lauren might be getting some money. Well, I think Lauren probably buy more sunny more, side more uh, than $130,000 a year, I'm just saying. Well, and if she doesn't, her husband Alex certainly does. <laughs> yeah, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there is a new proposed i know that a lot of people are still waiting for their stimulus checks but there is a new proposed two thousand dollar per month covid19 payment plan which includes college students and dependents that are over 16 there's new legislation that has been proposed by uh, tim ryan a senator from ohio and ro Khanna, who is a, a senator in california This would expand stimulus payments to millions of Americans while the nation battles the economic impact of COVID. They they say that this would be and these are the same people who proposed these are the same two guys who proposed the twelve hundred dollar stimulus check plan. So if passed, the new emergency money for the People Act would mean all single Americans over the age of 16 earning less than one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year, which I believe is a higher cap than last time. Right. A a much higher cap. So the last the cap at the current stimulus package right now is capped at ninety nine thousand dollars. And it starts being prorated for single Americans after seventy five thousand. So if you you um, make up to $75,000, you're going to get $1,200 one time. Lots of people have gotten it already. Then starting at $75,001, it starts to get prorated down to, I believe, the lowest amount is like $500 if you made $99,000 in the last time you filed taxes. <laughs> Man, $99,000 a year and you're like, 500 bucks, cool, thanks. Thanks. Um, right. So that w- anyone who made up to $130,000 would be giving it a flat monthly $2,000 check, quote, until employment returns to pre-COVID-19 levels. That, I'm sure, is debatable. Right. I was going to say, so then what happens 17 years from now when people are still (laughs) When the government has eaten itself. (laughs) Right. And everyone's like, just print more money. Just print more. It's not worth anything. Congress is on like plastic chairs. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting getting checks for like $138,000 every two weeks. And they're like... (laughs) Because the, we've completely devalued the American dollar. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So it's like you might as well. It's like we're bartering at that point. Like I have some Monopoly money in seashells. Oh great! I'll take your Tesla off your hands. You know? Hey, yes, exactly. You're just going back to basic trading because money has lost all value. You're totally right. Uh, married Americans earning less than two hundred sixty thou a year jointly would receive four thousand dollars per month. Oh my God! And families with children would. Would receive an extra $500 per child up to three children. 
These payments would be... That's kind of BS, up to three children. These payments would be untaxed and guaranteed for at least six months and would continue until the unemployment for those over the age of 16 falls into pre-pandemic... to back to pre-pandemic levels. So do they mean like the unemployment rate? I mean, if I, I'm just a little I bit... I mean, that unclear. was at a historic low. So how are we going right. to... Because our pre-pandemic economy was booming yeah it was doing really well and and we let that we're often reminded every single day and it, it was doing well the economy itself was maybe trickling it was slowing a little bit the stock right. market was doing very well but we were we were to whoever's credit it should go we were at historically unprecedentedly low uh unemployment rates so i wonder you know i'm a fan of this i think if you're gonna invest money into the economy to keep the economy going and people to spend money you got to really do it the right way like come hard or don't come at all however like i feel like there does need to be a little bit of can i listen i'm a lefty like i'm a democrat like i'm almost a socialist and, and about some things but i feel mm. like you got to have an end on this one like it's got to be we're doing this for six months we're doing it for nine months we're doing it for some you know yeah you can't just have no time stamp on it or don't say b- like by the time we get to pre-pandemic economy just do like a pick a random year that was just okay like some year, <laughs> random year in the 90s that was like the economy like wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. And it was just like, once we reach back to that. Right. Once unemployment gets down, back down to, to like, like 1992. <laughs> right. And then then we're good. Like, uh, uh, but hey, I'm a fan of this. At least they're trying. I, I'm pretty, I, I cannot imagine that this would be the, the, the next stimulus package that is going to be passed. But what it does show is sort of progress. You know, Nancy Pelosi even said the day that the previous stimulus package came out that they were already working on the next one. Um, so big prop, you know, ups to Tim Ryan and Ro Khanna for working on this. At least it's a, a glimmer and a, a, an eye into sort of what they're thinking in terms of going forward. And maybe if you know, if you want to read a little bit more into this, I think people are really starting to realize that the economic impact of this is going to last for a long time. And we have yeah. to really do some sort of like larger scale efforts to mitigate the you know the complete catastrophe that could happen to our economy because of this yeah i know and it's like i don't know if this is the answer necessarily but it's definitely a a, a hell of a lot more it's a hell of a lot closer than what some of the other countries are doing to stimulate their economy a twelve hundred dollar check is not going to help a lot of people for very long so uh, news it or lose it is on the way never fear stick around we'll be right back drop the subject the new channel q Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. News It or Lose It is about to commence here on Drop the Subject. We wouldn't be complete without it. James is going to give me three headlines that he feels are worthy of the airwaves of Channel Q. I will decide that, though. I will news or lose whatever I choose, and you will get what I give you. News or lose, whatever you choose. I like that you're rhyming there. Headline number one. NBA star Nick Young addresses gay rumors after being photographed with another man. Who's Nick Young? He used to play for your Golden State Warriors. Come on! <laughs> All right, that was a very weak ding. I also am I'm totally questioning your fandom, by the way. You didn't even know who... Swaggy P. They call him Swaggy P. You remember that? Okay, no. I, is this recent or has he been around uh, for like years? No, he was in... Uh, no, this... Yeah, recent. Last championship. Okay, I yeah. don't think I watched that one. Uh, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> 
Oh, last championship. The okay, last wait, championship that the that the 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 uh, Golden State Warriors won. Oh, okay. Then I really should know who that is. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, probably if you saw a picture. Anyway, headline number two. Streaming service offers $1,000 to watch 24 hours of true crime. Oh, my God. (gasps) I need to do it. Yes. Pandering to my audience. Yes. And then finally, headline number three, Allie. Let me see if I can go three for three today. More bad news for Ellen DeGeneres. No. Are you kidding? (laughs) That's the headline. I I have to. Uh, you have to lay all of them on me. <laughs> okay. Mo- <laughs> you really hate her. No, I just, <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I don't hate Ellen DeGeneres. I don't know her. I don't, I don't feel like I don't know enough about her to hate her. I just think it is the craziest thing on earth that like, the, like she's having the worst time out like of everyone. She, like, right. Like no one's having a worse pandemic than Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> right now. A $24 million house or whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Like she's anyway. All right. So Nick Young, uh, former of the formerly played for the Lakers, uh, the Golden State Warriors. I can't remember who he's played. Uh, maybe he's back with the Lakers now. I don't remember. Um, was there's a picture? Oh, of, the, oh, I know who this guy is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Swaggy P. Oh, yeah, yep. he did a great job. Well, so he is. He's a little bit of a controversial player because he oh. has never seen a shot that he doesn't like, and uh-huh. those shots can sometimes be a little ill timed. Yeah. He also is uh, most notably, most of our audience will know him for having re- uh, previously dated um, Iggy Azalea. Oh. And so they had a like tumultuous relationship, and like she wrote a breakup song about him, and it was a whole thing, and there might have been some violence, uh, but more, it was more like on okay. her part than anything. I don't know it was kind of a whole like tumultuous thing, whatever. Anyway, a picture went out of him holding a young man's hand. And smiling Ooh. at the camera. And Twitter <gasps> lost their collective mind. Yay. So yeah. is he a member of the team now? Uh, well, appears to be a joke. Although it has not been solidified as to why they were joking. So he's holding the hand of Jordan Clarkson, who is another uh, NBA player. And they've known each other for a really long time. Apparently this younger man and, and Nick Young, Swaggy P, have known each other for a long time. Uh, this is not the first time that there's been some rumors about whether or not Nick Young was possibly gay. Um, but this just blew up and apparently like, boom, the shade room took it, which has 18.3 million followers. The the picture went viral, but then Nick Young, uh, wrote back on one of the comments and he was like with laughing smiley face emoji, they got us, um, all of my homies, it's time to come out. And then everyone was like, what? Is he actually going to come out? But then he was like laughing and joking about it, but people didn't know that he was joking. So then he had to write again the next day. And he's like, I was fooling y'all. That was a joke. No, I don't believe it. (laughs) I know. I think he's gay. I don't know. I mean, listen, they are. I have had the fortune of playing basketball with several individuals who played in the National Basketball League and our association. And they they tell you that anywhere from 15 to 20 percent of the league is gay. Yeah, I mean, that. I believe it. That's yeah. part of why I like watching guy sports, because I'm like, mm, yeah, they're also gay. You're like, he's totally gay. Uh, yes, and it's like this kind of, I don't know, there's something like, ooh, about it. But that being said, I think it's very important for athletes to start coming out, and that's very, uh, still very, it feels very hard for them to do that right now, which is unfortunate. But um, I think that this is something where, yeah, a photo leaks or a photo gets posted and then people start freaking out, and then your go-to is to be like, just kidding, 
<laughs> just kidding. Yeah, my bad. Uh, okay, so we have two more stories to do in a minute, Allie. I'm going to do them very, very quickly. The first one, we'll just say that, uh, you know, Ellen's been having a horrible pandemic. And unfortunately, <laughs> there is now a change.org petition calling for Ellen to be fired from the Ellen show. <laughs> And Ellen Page to replace her <laughs> so they can keep calling it The Ellen Show. That would be such a low energy show. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, guys. Ellen Whatever. Page um, did write back on Twitter. She said, if you are a famous actor and you belong to an organization that hates a certain group of people, don't be surprised if someone simply wonders why it's not addressed. Being anti-LGBTQ is wrong. There aren't two sides. The damage it causes is severe. Full stop. Sending love to all. And we're like, wait, what are you talking about? Wait, anyway, Ellen said that? This Ellen Page wrote this on Twitter. Oh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, who has come for lots of different people, like Chris Pratt being a member of the Hillsong Church, which is notoriously homophobic. And oh, so I see. Uh, this seems to be sort of an interesting thing. And we uh, have one last story, Allie, but I feel like this might have to be your happy ending because yes. it is about being paid to watch all of the true tr crime you can handle in 24 hours. I oh, can handle so much of it! Ah! Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, I know I've been on the edge of my seat wanting to know the, light, the last story in James Simmons' News It or Lose It. How can I get money to watch true crime and then we will get to the actual happy endings? A video streaming service is seeking a true crime buff alley, not unlike yourself, to make $1,000 during the coronavirus lockdown by watching 24 straight hours of documentaries. You cannot stop. You cannot get up and pee. You cannot not be watching. You, wait, what? Well, I mean, I think... You can't get up and pee? I think you can get up and pee. But the documentary streaming service, Magellan TV, said it is seeking okay. someone with a passion for all things true crime named Allie Johnson. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't in there. Uh, oh. <laughs> they want They want this person to document their 24-hour all-night crime watch on their social media channels. I think we could totally do this. This would be brilliant. Yeah. So, so how do I apply? Right. If you there's, you can go to their website, Magellan TV, and uh, the chosen candidate will receive a thousand dollars, be given a pre-selected list of true crime documentaries to watch in a 24-hour period, and you will also, as a bonus, win a free year subscription to Magellan TV. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so how, my question is, and I know you can't answer this, but when I when I get into this, because I will, and I get the prescribed document documentaries that I'm supposed to watch, do I have to say something if I've watched them already? Because I'm wondering which ones I have not seen yet, because oh, I feel right. like I've seen all of them. Yeah. Well, that, then maybe that's even easier. Maybe if you've seen all of them, then you just like yeah. turn it on Magellan TV like, and just like yeah. walk away. I'm like, West Memphis <laughs> 3, let's do this. Let's I've already watched it seven times. Be like, I got you. Um, So you got two happy endings for the day. You get to like submit to get uh, paid to do something you do all the time already anyway that's amazing mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah. Uh, let's see my actual happy ending is as follows um, Dr. Oz may have gotten himself in some hot water but on the flip side he is turning into a vampire <laughs> according to Twitter <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Oz. Which will probably make me interested in watching him again, to be honest. There were many comments about him saying that opening schools was appetizing and that he was going to start eating children. So if we have gotten a funny 
meme out of this, I think it's worth it. It's worth it. Okay. Um, as long as we keep the schools closed, right? Because we love, of course, we love yes, the, wee, no. the wee babies. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's worth opening school. I'm saying it's worth <laughs> so him they, be, making an ass of himself. Right. Yeah. How about that? Uh, very good. All right. Uh, I, that was a very good way to turn that into a happy ending. Allie, my happy ending. Yes, it's true. We might, all of us, get to see more of Allie Johnson than anyone ever imagined, (laughs) as she has to take random selfies of herself strapped to a throw pillow and post them on our social media. It is a throw pillow? Uh That's so small. It's a tiny throw pillow. Uh, it's a pillow for your cat. That's the yeah. There was no designation That's as not to true. which pillow you had to use. Yeah, I want to use a my pillow. No, those really long ones. Absolutely not. So oh, um, I no. choose the pillow. But at least <laughs> Allie won't have to do the other hot hashtag trend right now: licking a toilet. Mmm, I'd rather. <laughs> a cat pillow strapped to Allie with a belt and you have to post <laughs> pictures on the social meds. I oh. can I cannot wait for this moment. That's ha- I, what a happy ending. I feel like my cat is going to look at me doing this and be like, "Yeah. This is not surprising." <laughs> oh, mom mom's up to it again. Exactly. Well, uh, maybe your happy or very unhappy ending is going to be seeing me in only a pillow later on. If you're not following us already, please do on Drop the Subject at DTS Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you missed anything, highly recommend you download the podcast. It really helps us out if you rate, follow, subscribe, leave us a review. That's awesome. Um, Allie Johnson and James Simmons bidding you adieu, but we will see you manana. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.